movies in 4K. Good evening, I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And you're listening to episode 42 of Movies in 4K. No special announcements, so we're going to get the show rolling right away. All right, current events, Lady Phantom. What broke this past week? Well, this is, I think it is pretty big. Warner Brothers announced that all their 2021 movies will be released in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. Wow, I'm surprised they're making a statement so early. Yeah, they call it a one-year plan. And of course, the main cause for this is the pandemic. But they decided this because, as they say, they know that the life and blood of movies is actually the movie theaters. But they are also conscious that right now, there's no way that the movie theater business will be on par until maybe next fall. So they just went and decided to do this with all their movies, including Suicide Squad 2, Godzilla vs. Kong, Dune, and The Matrix 4. This is pretty huge, I think. And I really hope all the other studios follow suit because right now, I really don't think there is any other way to go. Wow, that's going to make HBO Max explode, I would assume. I think so. I think so because... See, that's the problem, though, Phantom. If all the studios do this and you got to pay separate for all these different apps, I mean, it's still cheaper than going to the theater. But I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It has pros and cons, but right now, I mean... And the people who already have HBO Max, it's not like they're going to have to pay anything extra. They are all these movies, and I think it's starting with Wonder Woman this... uh, Christmas Day, I think. I mean, it's not going to be any extra cost for these people. So, yeah, if it explodes, honestly, good for them. Because this is what everybody should be doing, but not on a specific platform like HBO Max. I think they should be doing this, just putting them out on VOD. It's, I think that would be the best thing to do. And I, I don't know if they're going to do that. But I suppose at some point, these movies are also going to be available on on VOD, hopefully soon. Because, I mean, right now, you don't want to go to the movie. You don't want to go anywhere. Well, many people do. But, yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the best. All right. Warner Brothers, all of 2021 coming on the internet as it gets released in theaters. Cool. Mine... I'm sure most of you have heard out there, but maybe not if you don't watch much news. There were monoliths. Oh, the monoliths. (laughs) All over the world. Now, as of recording date, which is December 7th here, because we record a couple days ahead of time, there has been eight. (laughs) Now, there was a couple this past weekend. And this is so funny because when the first one was found out in the desert in mountainous areas. It sparked a news cycle, actually. And it equates back to 2001, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, one was found here in Las Vegas, downtown, right in front of Circa. 
And I mean, these are all publicity <laughs> stunts now. Probably originally too. Maybe somebody had the original idea to do it or something at first and then they're disappearing and nobody knows well it's so comical here there must be a thousand cameras down on fremont street and they're making these vast claims we don't know how it got here really and we don't know how it got <laughs> taken away so and the funny thing is that phantom said when the one was found here is this is a mirror here it's like made of chrome it's not a monolith that's got to be stone or rock yeah what i was alluding to is the fact that a monolith is i mean it comes from mono which is one and lithos which is stone that's the etymology so it's supposed to be a rock and those are not rocks they are mirrors or something and they are probably hollow plus publicity stunt for what well you know how like the internet takes off things somebody does something like the ice bucket challenge and then everybody does it so i think this is a kind of fun thing people are doing you know because it was found in utah california nevada here netherlands if i'm not mistaken wow another country but um i think it's just something people are doing the past time and there is people of course in this day that thinks it's aliens doing it so yeah but i mean just go to circa or something especially because it's a new hotel just ask for the cameras and of course there will be video of people putting it on there and then taking it out so but i don't think anybody wants to spoil it that has the footage i mean it's kind of a fun thing so you think it's like silly or i honestly think it's dumb but hey that's just me all right so yes monoliths found all over the place hey it might get people out to look at them that it's been doing no doubt about that yeah because you want people congregating right now and the thing about it is is they're disappearing too and they all say nobody knows (laughs) who done it too but anyway there's our news of the week viva All right, Las Vegas movie time from 1995, Leaving Las Vegas. And who stars in this, Lady Phantom? Nicholas Cage and Elizabeth Shue. How about Julian Sands? That too. All right, two main stars, but Julian is in it good 20 minutes or so. Simple story here. This is a depressing movie, we can say. Nicholas Cage is an alcoholic, and he gets fired from his job and heads to Las Vegas to kill himself. He wants to drink himself to death. That is the whole story. Yeah. So what you are getting is watching the incredible performance of Nicholas Cage, who did win an Oscar for this, for this yeah. movie and is the only one he's ever won actually i don't even think he's been nominated for anything else i'm not sure about that i don't think he has and he comes across a hooker once he gets to las vegas he's almost running a red light and <laughs> she stops him and goes over to his window like i'm walking here yes. <laughs> and he and her have a fascination with each other it starts and they meet 
throughout the beginning of this movie end up getting together. He tells her straight up, I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to kill myself. She asks him, how many days you think that'll happen? It's about 30 days, he says. He sold everything. He sold his house and everything back in L.A., sells his car, his Rolex watch and everything, but he has the fortitude that this is what he wants to do. Now, there's a part in this movie, Lady Phantom, it's the best line in this movie to me, and it really goes to the psyche of this movie and it really impacts me hard and i think it's supposed to as the viewer is he picks up a prostitute this is before the elizabeth shoe character and they're just standing on the street and he makes a statement to her i don't know if i'm drinking because my wife left me or my wife left me because i was drinking so that hurt me as watching it it's like This guy is such an intense alcoholic that he don't even remember his life, basically. like He doesn't even know or remember what started it all. Right, and that that is so impactful in this movie to me because you're just watching this guy go to the store, sell things, then he meets the hooker in Las Vegas, and they have little dates and stuff like that. But he's sick most of the time. He's shaken. He's, what would you say, Phantom? He's just very determined. Yeah. And he wants I mean, no help. Yeah. And, and it's and it's, that what sets him off, too, actually. It's not really. I, I think it's very sad because, yeah, you mentioned he gets fired. Like, he gets fired because he is drinking. Like, everything in his life... And this isn't drinking. This guy is a total alcoholic from the second he gets up to the second he goes to bed. He is always completely drunk. And actually, he can only function. It's really sad because he can only function when he drinks. Like He is just not capable of functioning if he's not drinking because he's in withdrawal. And it's really sad because the people in his job they actually like him. They like him well, and everything. Well, they did. Right. Uh-huh. He was a At fun point, guy. He He's actually in the movie business. Yeah. He's like some sort of distributor or something, and they're always around hotshot stars and stuff in yeah. the movie business. Yeah, and they tell him, and like, it was really nice to have you around, but to, we, we just can't anymore. It's like, it, in a way, it's like a relationship. You know, like, yeah, like you love someone, but there comes a point that, that you just can't. And I'll tell you what, Phantom, I don't even know if they had any contemplation because this was a pretty independent movie uh-huh. at the time. He yeah. turned down some major roles to do this movie because this was at the height of his career when he could choose whatever he wanted and got <laughs> yeah. paid a lot of money. Once upon a time. Um, is I would like to see a prequel to this. He is so good in this movie. I would like to see what led up to this. I'd like to see him get this job and get married and have his kid. And what turned this guy into this intense alcoholic where he wants to commit suicide? Yeah. I think it would be so good, personally. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, I don't know. This movie is, it's really difficult for me. Because it's just amazing. You know, it's it's really sad. 
And if you are someone who has lived with an alcoholic, it just hits way too close to home. And it's just, it's horrible. He is far, he's far too gone. Yes. He is complete. I mean, and I do believe he falls in love with her as well. But it's, it's, it's not, it's like a fake love because he <sighs> calls her his angel. So he thinks, I think in his mind, if you're thinking of an alcoholic, like she's there to help him get to the other side. Basically, Yeah, I think in, in, it's more like an infatuation in a way. Oh my, because like he feels like a better person when he's around her and she feels that her life is different when he's around her too and but no i mean they are both incredibly codependent and there is nothing as destructive as that as just codependency it's it's really bad every actor says this that portraying drunkenness is one of the hardest things to do yeah. to come off real. And you can tell, everybody can tell out there, people that can do it fairly well and ones where it just don't work. Yeah, it's this very... This performance mm-hmm. is incredible. And the little makeup touches they do to his face during this movie, yeah. you can just see his eyes watery Blood and shit. sunken uh-huh. in when he's really over the top and i mean his hair everything was done to the t in this to portray how drunk he always is now let's spend a little time with the elizabeth shoe character she's got problems herself yeah and i do want to mention right now that i'm thinking about it this movie starts or it's all about actually her telling her therapist correct about all this which in a way i suppose is a happy-ish ending that she noticed that she had issues and she's actually in therapy because the the relationship of this woman with this man like she doesn't feel or she doesn't think much of herself because she's a prostitute and um, i don't know like he gives her life a little more meaning and she feels so happy about giving him gifts and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, she's still a prostitute and she still thinks very little of herself. It's just so sad yes, to see she her. she falls for somebody like this. It, that is terrible. Yeah, it's very, very unhealthy. Yes, and it's funny in this movie too because there's one part when she's taking a cab ride. She had just got beat and molested from one of her Johns. And it's played by a popular star, and I forget who it is. Actually, he's only in it a couple minutes. He's a, a jazz singer. But anyway... He uh, takes her home and she's, you know, crying. She's got bruises and everything. And this is so true, (laughs) really. He makes a point and says, why are you doing this? You don't even know you could get any man you wanted to. And this woman is a good-looking woman. Yeah. Good body, everything. But, you know, her whole life is screwed up. And they go into that. We're not going to touch on that. But this woman doesn't even realize how simple it would be for her to get a decent man. And she's stuck in this cycle of abusive relationships and has to get to it with a drunk 
in order to find love and yeah that goes her self-worth that goes to self-esteem she has zero self-esteem and and it's it's really bad you know that this self-esteem trouble because it doesn't matter how beautiful a person is or how intelligent but if the person herself or himself can't see beyond that like can't see their own worth they will never have valuable relationships and that is completely true every day and now that you mention it very quickly i just want to say that about this movie it's full of stars yes of cameos cameos like uh, in a in a split second part but it's full of it yes you get lou rawls was the cab driver and my man is in this r lee ermy yes julian lennon yeah you have danny houston valeria golino uh there are so many people that you go like hey shawnee smith is there too? yes yeah that was surprising so many people of course it was 1996 1995 uh-huh so these many of these people were not as popular then as they are now but for example valeria golino she was huge back then i mean there it, it's chock full of stars this movie yes now let's cover the vegas stuff this has a lot of image and we can tell you the actual street it's right on the las vegas boulevard and flamingo because you see barbary coast which is not there anymore there's a ton of footage right on that corner uh-huh and this and outside the beginning uh 15 minutes him in la and then driving there this is all set in vegas it was all shot in vegas all strip footage everything so that is awesome funnily enough like not much casino action because they do go into a casino for a casino or two right very quickly but it's outside on the strip primarily he's sitting on the strip somewhere Uh or they're on a corner um, they do go to a bar here. He stays in a rundown motel here. So, and she lives in an apartment here, a condo. Uh-huh. So you have all that. All right, it's time. You got to be in the right frame of mind for this movie. I love this movie just to watch the performances of all the characters. It's just an incredible movie. It is depressing. It is sad. And the music is is outstanding in it every interlude they pop in a lot of it done by sting there's like jazz type music and stuff like that but sting actually does a lot of it and the guy who put this track together like you feel the emotion whatever's happening on screen because some of the tunes that are played at certain times really give you that gut-wrenching punch yeah that's something i wanted to say the music is a character in this movie oh yes absolutely it's it's just perfect it's perfectly put like sting's voice is so ad hoc for this kind of and movie. there are certain scenes when he's even going down further if you can imagine it's like this i don't want to call it chanting music but it's like oh this weird strumming sound that like makes you feel like you're at the bottom most point outstanding to me, this is a 9 out of 10. It's a must-own buy movie, not just for Las Vegas movies, for a movie in itself. You do have to be in the right frame of mind. The reason I can't hit 10 is this is a hard R rating. 
some of the sexual talk in this they do not shy away it's actually crass and crude and i felt they didn't need to go there with that because that was just an extra level of i don't know i just didn't want to hear i mean they are very blunt about certain sexual acts and they're speaking it and it it made me cringe actually hearing some of these scenarios i I just don't think i think it detracted from the movie a little bit so that's the only reason i can't hit 10 this is not for kids at all there's full nudity in this and stuff so nine out of ten what do you got phantom i think this is a movie that is very very close if not it hits uh the perfect movie status i don't like it (laughs) funnily enough i don't like it not because it's a bad movie but because it's just way too real and it's really sad and it is really depressing and i tend with not with horror or maybe other things but if i see a movie that is depressing enough i i tend to keep that frame of mind i'm very absorbent that way yeah this is gritty and real and i don't like that yeah actually i think this is a 10 out of 10 movie it, it's it's just that it hits me way too hard. And the language part that you were talking about, since I am not a native English speaker, it just doesn't hit me the same. Maybe Some of the acts they were describing? It's just the language. It's not a barrier because I understand everything. It's just that certain words, when they are in your native language, you are like, whoa. You know, if it's not your native language, it doesn't matter how crass it is. I just think it was too graphic and crass, and I I think it just detracted a little bit. But I understand where you're coming from. Maybe, yeah, maybe, but I think it fits the movie, unfortunately. So that's what I think. I think it's a 10 out of 10, but I hope I don't watch it again because it's it's just way (laughs) too much for me. I'll watch it again because the music and performances are incredible. But let's get to our feature review on episode 42. Where would I be without you, baby? we're going back to 2001 so not that long ago almost 20 years <laughs> with the fast and the furious the original movie they got so many similar names in this series i know <laughs> this is listed in three genres action crime thriller what do you think i think that's fine i think so too directed by rob cohen and stars Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, and um, Jordana Jordana Brewster. And many other people you will know. (laughs) There's one guy, this Asian guy that actually he plays, I think, a cop or or a, a doctor in a series that I used to watch or in a movie. I don't remember. But yeah. All right. And what's that synopsis say? Los Angeles police officer Brian O'Connor 
must decide where his loyalty really lies when he becomes enamored with the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. That is the worst synopsis I've ever heard. <laughs> because, okay, I had seen this, but the first time was last year when we originally got the 4K disc. Uh -huh. Because this was a new release at the time. Uh -huh. So it just came out in 2019. I'd never seen any of these. Mm -hmm. And this is in the top five of the most money-making franchises ever in history. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was just past my prime in this. And it just never really fascinated me, the story. But I didn't know much about it. But anyway, I'm rambling on here is when I initially seen it last year, I had no idea this dude was a cop. And that spoils it right there. I'm like, wow, because I was shocked. I know. I remember I watched all these movies when they came out. Well, the, the, the ones that I was able to watch at the movie theater when they came out, because funnily enough, they came out more or less at the same time of the X-Men movies, all of them. <laughs> Fun fact. But... I remember being at the movie theater and when this guy says or when they show you that he's a cop, I was like, what? What? Yeah, it, it was a shock. And why do they spoil yeah, it like that? So, sorry, but it's in there. It's on the box cover. It's probably in the trailer, too. Who knows? I didn't see it. But luckily for me, when I initially saw it, I didn't know that. So that gave it, it a, a little boost to me. <laughs> And then even during that one sentence description, when they're talking about where his loyalty lies, that doesn't even come into play to the last 10 minutes of the movie. Like this yeah. is a terrible synopsis. Exactly. And it's not that he gets enamored by street racing. Yes. I mean, the guy loved racing and racing cars from the very beginning, before, like even before he had this thing. That, or at least that's the feel you get. It's more that this guy finds himself really liking the people he's following to see if they are the criminals and feeling that they are maybe his family. So I'm going to give you a Bilchetti synopsis instead of walking this through, you know, scene by scene like we normally do, because this will encompass the whole movie. Go. There is truck drivers, 18-wheelers, delivering stuff across the United States. And there is streetcar racers that are making them pull over and taking their loads. This guy, Paul Walker, is an undercover detective who's working with the local LAPD and the FBI to befriend this underground world of race car drivers in la to find out who is behind all these thefts mm -hmm. the cops and federal agents are very worried now because the truck drivers are taking the law into their own hands and not letting their trucks get hijacked yeah that's what this whole story is about now, you get a lot of race car driving scenes where they're racing for money and stuff like that. I think that's what people really like about this franchise. Yeah. It's about souped up cars, just regular Hondas and Volkswagens and Mitsubishis 
with nitrous oxide put in them so they can go 150, 160 miles an hour. But there's a criminal element here with several factions of street thugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Vin Diesel characters over one. And then there's this guy that's in all these type of movies, and I'll bet you you don't know his name. He plays Hector in this. Oh, no, I don't know his name. It's a guy that plays always a street thug, Mexican usually. And then there's an Asian Uh faction. faction. So you get this, and they're all infighting primarily. But they're all racing. They're souping up their cars and stuff like this. And you want to know as you're watching this movie, which one of the factions is behind these massive thefts mm-hmm. of these trucks? And they're stealing common items that's shipped across the country. DVD, DVD players. players. Yes. <laughs> Digital cameras and stuff like that. All right. So there you got the story. So let's go into some technicals here. The street racing scenes were phenomenal here. Oh, absolutely. Now, I mean, this thing was probably riddled with so many green screens, but you would never know it. Yeah, I don't know about that, but it, it was incredible, really. Like, I actually, when I started, I, I watched this movie at the movie theater, as I mentioned. And I, I just, I, I mean, I've never been into the car racing sphere or anything, but this movie fascinated me. Like, I, I loved it. Really? I, I was wondering, because wouldn't you say primarily this is a guy's movie? But maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, because car racing is typically for men. But I, I just thought it fascinating because this movie is so much more than that. It's not just car racing. It's about relationships and loyalty and trust and love. Yes, so, I mean, that's the part. I mean, and this guy, I mean, Vin Diesel, he, they mentioned in the movie at some point that, that he's like magnetic. And I believe that. I mean, this guy's personality is fantastic. And I think the chemistry For he has. For this role, I'll say, yes. because I'm not a huge fan of Vin Diesel. Yeah, personally. I've seen him in other stuff and he is okay. But in this role, he's amazing. And the chemistry he had with Paul Walker was incredible. Yes, and rest in peace, Paul Walker. He died, what, it's been 10 years now or something now. It was an uh, auto accident. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, and this is your typical California surfer American dude with the blonde hair, blue eyes, pretty boy yeah. type. And he fits this role perfect because in the beginning when he meets this faction of these groups of underground racers you can see how much of an outcast he was so this was the perfect role for this kid yeah and i've always liked paul walker i've liked him in every movie i've seen him in yeah fun fact and i just found that out the same year 2001 he was on joyride with ted levine who is also on this movie he yeah, is but he was only two. a voice in yeah, Joyride. He, yes but the point is what it was for the same year and i thought that was cool they were probably under contract with the studio I yeah would, maybe you know we did this for another movie and we ca- oh my god it's the same actor oh my god it's the same actor we seen a series and we couldn't believe it yeah. like every movie but anyway yeah i mean he's just a wholesome guy and he doesn't even look like a cop, act like a cop. And I mean, that's part of the shtick 
so to speak. But even when he lets it out, he is a cop. He's not the typical cop. He's, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, he. And I think he did well enough to pull it off. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he was very, very good in this role. Sound, this is loaded with rap songs and fast music, total action movie almost from start to finish. So much music in this. Very good sound effects, gunshots, all that really good. How would you say is the acting on a whole with the two lead women, Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster, and the two lead men, Vin Diesel and Paul Walker? Where would you rate them like on a one to ten scale for this movie, Phantom? Six, seven. I mean, I, I'm i not going to say that their performances were like Oscar deserving or anything, but, but they were fine. I mean, you believed them. And that's yeah, what so you that's want. You point. want to believe them. Yeah, I'm with you too. I mean, I, it'd be hard to put a rating. That's why I was curious what you would say because I tried to get something out of you before we actually rate the movie. Yeah, I mean, the only people in this movie that I just cannot see anybody else playing them are Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. The others, I think they could have been other people and it would have been fine. But I don't know. Like I was reading on IMDb about other people that were supposed to play Toretto or or the or O'Connor, the cop. And I just can't picture that. Oh, I see. I could in this one. Like you're saying, I agree. It's like a role made for Vin Diesel, but I could see many men playing this role. It's not like this heavily character actor you no need to no be no but the thing is that i think unfortunately i'm also maybe a little contaminated by so many movies of the fast and the furious like at this point i think it, it's just not dominic toretto it's vin diesel like he it, it's a lot of him in this character and i really like that but yeah i mean i think the acting in general was fine now we do have many more Fast and Furiouses to actually review. We're going to do them written-wise. Remember, we only cover one audio review of a franchise. We don't have them all, but we have several more. So we will be getting those out to you over the next few months if you're interested in this franchise to see how the 4Ks compare to each other. But um, yeah. I'll just say this because we're not going to be on audio talking about this. This whole series completely jumps the shark in a couple more episodes of this stuff. They get ridiculous. This one is realistic, but they go over jumping buildings later on and tunnels and bridges and it. Yeah, it's like the Fast and the Furious meets 007 or something like that. Yes, and when The Rock comes into it, which I cannot stand this guy, and I know so many people love him, but he becomes a key person in this. The other guy who's the transporter guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason Statham. Yes, he becomes key. And my wife's woman gal gadot is in several of these oh yeah that's true yeah so you have that look forward to that if you don't know about this franchise um what else you want to cover because i'm pretty much no i I think that's fine for the movie itself all right so go ahead rating and recommendation i think this like if you're gonna own any movie in this franchise it might be this one Like, if you like this one, you will probably buy the other ones. But I think this one is the best 
of all of them or close to the best. I think this is a 7 out of 10 and you should buy it. It's good and it's realistic and it has great sounds and great races. So, yeah. I agree with Phantom that this is the best along with the one they paid homage to Paul Walker. The one where he died during filming and they had to get his brother to fill in for him. That's And they did a nice outro when the movie ends. So that was very cool of this franchise doing that. I'm a little higher in Phantom, surprisingly, because I'm going with the technicals here. The race scenes were incredible. I mean, there's actual real action scenes here when they're jumping on trucks and stuff and they sped up oh yeah that is cool very good and the sound matches and it's believable that's the thing with these crazy race scenes and cars colliding and exploding and hitting other cars and toppling it's got to be done real to me or it takes you out but i'm gonna go with an eight but i'm going with a rental this is the second time I've seen it solely for this review, but I would have no gumption watching this again. I think this is a perfect one-time watch because it, it spoils it. This is the main story you learn, and there's no prequel to this series. So I think it's important in the franchise, this one, but I, I don't see why you would watch this well, movie again i let mean me there's say just that. not nothing here to say that it's so exciting that i want to watch it again even though if you're an action fan you're gonna like a lot of the stunt work but it's not like amazing stunt work either you've seen like john wick and stuff like that well but. yeah of course no it's just that like <laughs> to, i think this is the third time i watched this movie and i think just for the first time, I completely grasp all the all the story with the truckers. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. It's just that, like, it, it, the first time I saw it, it was that was way too fast, and I was way too in awe of the cars and the car races and everything. So the trucking part, like the main thing in the movie, really? completely went over my head. Yeah. So I think it's just the first time that I actually understand everything that's going on in the movie. So I think it is rewatchable. And you agree with me that this series gets ridiculous with how many cops turn out to stop being cops and go in with this group. And oh, yeah. And this is another series that went like, for example, I don't know, on the third movie, they go with this Tokyo Drift. I think the only part that is worth it is the very last scene. You will know if you have watched it. And then it goes back to the original cast because they notice that <laughs> it doesn't work without them. So they go back to them. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very uneven. Even though there are other movies in the franchise that are really good. But but the story never it, changes. There's always cops, FBI, CIA, yeah. DEA after this group. I mean, yes. it never changes. So. Yeah, exactly. That stays pretty much the same. For the whole series and uh, that's why i'm saying i mean if you're going to have like own one of these movies let it be this one because it's actually the the most round one all right okay lady phantom how's that 4k disc quality well here i have to make a very big difference not very big but a big difference between video and audio the video is fine 
there is grain, but very little. The kind of grain that you see because you're looking for it actively. I don't think the HDR was used to the best of its ability or the best of its potential. There are scenes, for example, that you can see fire and they are really good, but not many of those. The cars, colors are very vivid, but for some reason they didn't really jump at me. The, the, some darks are really good, but in general, there is not much contrast, funnily enough. How about enough. all the uh, metal and chrome on the cars? Oh, that was fine. That, that actually showed very nicely. And I read that actually in some of the places where they filmed the movie, they asked the people to paint their houses more mute colors, like more neutral. So the car's colors looked even more vivid than they actually were. But I don't think it was enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Phantom pretty much right down the board. I think HDR was scarce in this movie, but it's very clear. Grain, not even noticeable. I mean, yeah. it's so minimal, and that's only in maybe a couple night scenes that yeah. it's barely there. Yeah. So they did some DNR in this movie, but it still maintains the detail. The thing that would really show how much HDR was in this was Paul Walker's eyes if, because he does oh. have bright blue eyes and you can see that in the movie and the you know reflections and stuff but if HDR was used his eyes would have popped. Yeah, and it, his eyes really did look beautiful. Anyway, he had the most beautiful blue liquid eyes. It they were beautiful. But yeah, I thought that they should have looked bluer than they looked only uh, like i think the only scene that i really was like wow was a scene where there's an explosion and there's fire like that looked very good but if you are looking for that lifelike image like soap opera ish it's just not here it's very filmic i uh, i don't like using that soap opera but you know what i mean it's not yeah because it's not like i'm watching i don't want to or i don't want it to look like i'm watching a soap opera no but that lifelike thing that some 4k discs have it's just not here it's completely filmic yeah but when they did go up close to the faces phantom they were pretty clear in detail oh yeah Yes. Yes. This isn't a demo disc. No, no, no. But I mean, this is above an average, is what yeah. I'm saying. I mean, this there's a little more than what's the minimum you should expect. I would yes. say. Yes. Of yes. A video quality. I agree. Okay. On to the audio. It is DTSX, so it's got the overheads and everything. This movie has more surround action in it than most. That's for sure. This is one of the best sound discs i wouldn't say it in that i just would say it engulfs you all the time pretty much yeah that doesn't mean yes. it's the best like, i didn't say it was the best i said it's one of the best because i mean the surrounds get a workout yes, in this movie on almost as much as the fronts which is surprising yes. but saying that phantom i thought there was some sounds that were actually placed at wrong timing really i didn't i didn't yes especially during the car scenes because you definitely hear them going up and back 
constantly. There's so many action scenes in this. But there were some you heard sounds coming from the rear and you wasn't seeing it, and they never came on screen. Like if a car's coming from behind you, you start hearing it, and then it goes front past you. Mm. Perfect. But there were some sounds I thought were mistimed or were played out of sequence a little bit. But oh. it's a great sounding disc. You're surrounded and enveloped and golfed, whatever word you like to feel that All you're part the of the action. Again, overheads, lackluster for the most part. Yeah, They're just but, not but, used much, Phantom. We're coming uh-huh. in rating. This is episode 42. We've got over 60 reviews, counting written and bonuses and stuff. And there just isn't many that really utilize the overheads very much. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to call it a gimmick, but I'm starting to feel a little bit that way. I mean, we got Lucy, we got kong ones that really know how to utilize them and you feel it and tell and even one of them john wicks there was a lot of overheads coming down when glass and rain was happening but i'm kind of feeling that atmos and dtsx is almost gimmicky at this point (laughs) yeah we've just reviewed too many and most of them we have the same remarks they're just not used and I'll tell you what, our overheads are right over our head. Like, they're not in the front, they're not in the back, they're over our head. So, if anything comes out of them, we know right away. So, what do you say to that? You think it's sort of a gimmick? I don't I don't know. But I did find myself turning up because, you know how people are. I am like that. Like, if I look at a speaker, I can tell what's coming out of it. And I was, like, looking up. And I did hear a lot of stuff coming out of that. But that's just because it's not because they are specially for that, but because they are showing everything else as as well. I think they're used mainly for the environment on the desk. They're supposed supposed to be object-based. So if something's above you, especially rain, wind, airplanes, helicopters... It should be very noticeable, and most of the time it's not, except on the discs we've really pointed it out on. Mm -hmm. But the surrounds here, the dedicated surrounds, because you hear stuff coming just left or just right, are well utilized. I agree with Phantom. I think that's the best thing on this disc. Yeah. So what special features we got? All right. On the 4K, we have a commentary. It's just a feature commentary with the director. That's it. But on the Blu-ray, we have deleted scenes, the making of the Fast and the Furious, Dumps Charger, Quarter Mile at a Time, the Fast and the Furious video mashup, tricking out a hot import car, multiple camera angles, stunt sequence, feature commentary with director Rob Cohen, and much more. Mm, a lot of special features on that Blu-ray. All right, Lady Phantom, what's your grade? I'm giving this disc a B plus. And that plus is because, I insist, the audio is amazing. And I think it is worthy. Yes, and the bass. We didn't mention oh, that. Yeah. But with all the rap songs and, and the, cars. the crashes. Yeah, and muscle st- cars. Yes, you definitely feel it. 
and it wasn't like the sloppy bass either it was the punchy bass mm-hmm. wasn't like the low grumbling like was in 2001 which i really liked but but for this they didn't want that but it was really punchy and emphatic and you felt it so i'm close to the phantom i'm b minus you know this isn't no demo disc definitely worth it no doubt about it over to blu-ray and dvd if this is your style film so it is worth it no doubt but you got to go back to my actually movie rating i think it's a rental (laughs) so if you want to buy it get it on 4k but if not if you want to rent it you can get this on apple tv and rent the 4k version if you want yeah now it's not as good as the disc but i think (laughs) most people have seen this movie or some of them i mean it's a staple i guess if you're in your 30s probably 20s and 30s this is a huge franchise that you grew up with yeah you know if you're in that age so you have that All right, wrapping up episode 42, Lady Phantom. What do you want our listeners to do? Our listeners need to go now to BillShetty.com and sign that guest book. Give us uh, recommendations, requests, suggestions. You know we cover them all. Remember, I'm on Twitter at LadyPhantom74. And that's it. We'll catch you on next movies and four in the sweat from the heat.